0: It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B, and fired up today. We're talking mythological creatures. Nightmare stories right here. Fresh out of the ocean, Godzilla style. I love that everybody calls this engine Godzilla. Just that name alone, it makes um, uh, you know, it makes it this bigger than bigger than life like a thing, you know, this this massive mountain of machinery.
1: Yeah, man. 6.8, 7.3 liters of beast right uh and, and it's it's yeah. cool because uh you know anytime there's a new powertrain anything that delivers the performance from the oes uh we can just start salivating because we know that it's just a matter of time before we can get our hands on them and start pumping them up even higher right and just proliferating them out into vehicles you know at some point we're getting them in salvage yards we're getting crate engines we're getting every kind of flavor uh and and that's what's happening right now so it's an exciting time period to be kind of following sort of the, you know, the birth and the growth, right? We're getting into the sort of teen years, not in actual time, but teen years as far as the development of, you know, we're in the progression of uh, where this engine's going to go.
0: Yeah, for so many people, man, our guest today, he was so, he was so critical in making this happen and making it w- what it is. You know, you know how many Ford guys laid their head down every night it's like, Please, six pound, eight ounce baby Jesus. Please let me have something to compete with the LSs, with the Gen 3 Hemis. Please give me some sort of crate engine that's going to be, you know, reliable, big cubic inches uh, and be able to go into my old Ford muscle car or Mustang or whatever. And, and really, their prayers were, uh, were answered.
1: Oh, answered in, in a big way. Right. <laughs> like it is yeah. <laughs> the largest of, you know, I guess, performance oriented V8 engines in quite a long time. Uh, you know, I don't know yeah. if you, you know, we really have a small block or a big block anymore. But I mean, it is on the, you know, borderline of big block kind of, uh, you know, size and performance.
0: Well, seven point three. It's sixty one cubic inches per liter. So seven three. That's four hundred and forty five cubic inches for you old school guys mm-hmm. out there, like. 445 like the biggest motor chevy produces at 454 ford had the 460 but you know chrysler had the 440 i mean that's big that's big time numbers That's big time cubes that's definitely most definitely old school big block size you know and and now you put the modern you know technology in it and you know
1: the hell the moons the roof you know yeah well willie kind of mentioned we've got essentially the godfather of this engine right the guy at ford who who at one point was director of ford performance uh but you know ford said hey that's great and all but that's not what we really do we 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 develop and sell vehicles by the hundreds of thousands of millions and and uh, we want you to get out of that little playground over there and and really help us out because this the guy you know he's about as sharp as they get right executive at ford powertrain and on the side right he's one of us he's a racer at heart he's been pushing the 5.0, the old 5.0, right? The, the small block Ford right. 5.0 and uh, Foxbody drag racing forever, right? You can go on any local track and there he'd be. Uh, so, you know, kind of one of those rare birds where got all the engineering savvy, um, the, you know, the, uh, the corporate savvy to go along with it and the racers uh, edge as well. So uh, this is, this is quite a combination, but now he's in retirement and he is having some fun. Uh, helping to build that aftermarket around this motor. Yeah, man. I can't wait to chat with him.
0: Brian Wolf joins us next. It's the Two Guys Rod Podcast. Kevin Bird, Willie B. We're back after the break. It is the Two Guys Rod Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired up, we have Brian Wolf, the man who really was kind of the genesis of this 7-3. You look at what it took, what a kind of a juggernaut, you know, sort of uh, trial that was that really put that passion and carry that that engine, you know, throughout all those hurdles and all those meetings and how many times he was told no and that's not us and we probably shouldn't go that route. I'm sure that was just a monumental effort uh on his part to get it done, but now you got something you can really truly be proud of and something that may be a game changer for Ford.
2: Yeah, you, know, you know well sure, you know, the uh without repeating too much of what we you know talk about back uh, I think is you know, early in 21 it, you know the program wasn't as hard to push through the corporate um hurdles as you know one might think you know again we did you know ford has a lot of great overhead cam engines but you know when we put this in production you know truck focused rpms that we were looking at and then getting to that small package size you know with the push rod uh which allowed a lot of complexity reduction you know like i said back then it was a lot easier to sell the corporate guys a little harder to bring the smart technical guys along like Kevin that love those overhead cam high-tech <laughs> engines. <laughs> but uh, I do want to talk a little bit about, on, on the intro, this small block, big block thing, all right? So the way I look at this thing is it's kind of like a factory stroker. Back in the day when there were truly big blocks, you know, made in the 60s and 70s, you know, look at the compression height of the pistons. You know, there are 1700, 1800. And a guy would do a 351 stroker and make a 410 out of it or a 427, even like I used to run when I raced X275. And you know, you move the pin up, you get the smaller skirt piston. So this kind of, you know, and you know, in this day and age, it really incorporated all that. So basically, Ford did the work for the guys, so they don't have to make their own small block stroker. You know, Ford kind of did it for them. Uh, but I do believe you're going to see a lot larger cubic inch. Uh, uh, Godzilla's uh, coming, you know, uh, this year with some of the cranks.
0: Potential of, of some numbers that you've heard. Well, what are some, you know, some of these stroker numbers that you've heard uh, these guys successfully put together as a package?
2: Okay. No, no, they there, I would say no one's put them together successfully as a package yet. It's just um, talk at this point, but I've heard people okay. talk, you know, the stock stroke is just about four inches for talking purposes. Uh, I heard uh, one guy that wants to go 4.700 on this truck. Whoa. And wow. I thought, you know, and I said, you know, that's going to be a true kind of like super one-off, you know, 18 millimeter pin. So you don't pull the pin out of the bottom of the bore, um, you know, things like that. I myself wouldn't want to, you know, th- you know, it's just doing it to say you did it as opposed, I think, to being super practical. But um, I do think there you'll see some pretty big numbers, both in A and boosted uh, in 2023 for, there's a lot of, you know, a lot more people working now on these things. And you know I'm, I'd be pretty surprised with stock block, stock head, stock crank NA, you don't see numbers, you know, north of 900 this year, maybe, maybe even four digits Ooh. NA.
1: 900 Wait. NA.
2: Yep. Wow. And the reason I'm, con- I'm real confident in 900 Beyond that, I'm not, I, I'm not as confident, but yeah, remember.
0: Wait, stock heads, stock cranks, stock. Stock head
2: castings. Stock head castings, yeah. Wow. Because, you know, we made 800 horsepower with a boosted motor with the blower off of it. So lower compression, wrong cam. Um, and that had, I just didn't have the dry sump on it at that point. So I'm, <laughs> you know, 900 is going to be real. How much north of nine you, we can go, we'll we'll find out. You know. That's eight
1: hundred with your hands tied behind your back, right? Yeah, right. The wrong configurations make an eight hundred. So yes, yeah,
2: yeah. I, I could see that walk. Yeah. You know? So yeah, again, you know, it would be you know mechanical roller. You know, it would be a you know, I mean, it'll be a real deal. It won't be you know you know a, a cam cam lifters and a, a slight bowl cleanup. It'll be you know be a serious piece to get that type of power. But you know, on the other hand, you know we've done considerably north well north of 700 with just you know an 11 to one motor hydraulic roller um and a nice intake on them stock oiling system
0: do you ever think you'd see a day where a stock basically a stock engine stock components you could twist on it and make upwards of a thousand horsepower in a that's that's no power adder that's naturally aspirated. That's, that's unbelievable to, to sit here and, and discuss that number and, and that is actually achievable. <laughs> it's crazy.
2: Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think, you know, you'll be seeing numbers pushing that, you know, like I said, we'll see, um, uh, you know, there's some, again, really good people looking at the motor now and, you know, I think North of 2000 boosted, you know, is going to definitely be there. Um, we have a personal shop goal, uh, to run, uh, a six second quarter mile, uh, with a procharged uh, stock block, stock crank, um, stock head casting engine this year. We went uh, last year. We went 460, 161 to the eighth. Uh, lifted at 495 into the pass. Pulled the shoot at a thousand feet and still went 772. Wow. So we're so, we, so we're, so we're going to be doing some some heavy work uh, with the help of uh, Patrick Barnhill, uh, Jason Lee. Um, you know, to get to see if we can uh, make that happen. Don't know if we can do it, but, uh, you know, it's definitely a goal. And it looks like it's within sight.
1: So it's a big motor, but it's, like you said, it, it's it's kind of that stroker, you know, it's a big small block with some stroker to it. Uh, so it's not the lightest components, right? You, you've got still a push ride architecture. So, you know, that's limiting sometimes the valve train speeds. Uh, but if you're really projecting out, right, if we're thinking 900 is, is capable in 23, Right. And we work on some of these masses and, and other issues. Uh, where do you think the end of the rope is for this thing? Naturally aspirated because boosted is just, you know, not breaking
2: stuff. I believe, you know, I said this at a couple of forums. I said, you know, this year, I don't know who will do it, but I think someone will do a thousand NA um, with stock, with the stock head casting. You know, uh, there's a couple of companies okay. can't say anything about been much specific detail because of NDA sign that are working on cylinder heads. But for me, you know, so much of my racing, you know, from way back, you know, like you said, for Pro 50 days and before that, you know, yeah, I ran a small block forward, but, you know, it wasn't a factory block. It wasn't factory heads. It wasn't factory crank. Uh, you know, it was, you know, an aftermarkets beefed up components added. So working with the factory components like for the first time since I was you know in my teens and you know being able to do that again is just you know super rewarding uh, to see what w- what can be done.
1: Well I mean it's got to be even more rewarding as you know one of the key players for designing it at the OE and now that you're on the let's say receiving end of what you just shuttled to yourself uh, you're not throwing it all in the garbage to then like you said have a whole bunch of aftermarket parts Right? It it is the thing that uh you know you and the team pretty much put together from from OE, you know, from Ford. Now, like you said, it's it's uh amazingly capable, uh, out of the box. You know, of course with you know the upgrades and rods and pistons and things like that, but you know, those core bits, um, god it's incredible. And you know, like you said, a thousand horsepower NA, you know, from essentially the major stock components. Uh that that's that's kind of a new bogey.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's something that, you know, You, you like uh, I worked for a guy, you may remember Jim Clark, right? And he always mm-hmm. used to talk, you know, you need, you know, from marketing, you need that bell ringer number. You know, he goes, you know, what good is, you know, 395 horsepower? You know, if it's not, if the first digit's not a four, nobody cares, you know, or whatever it might be. So, you know, I'm saying, yeah, f- you know, so, you know, we're going to do our best, you know, to, to make good power with it. Um, and we just, you know, we'll, we'll see what can happen. But the other thing is, is you guys know, you know, being a Ford enthusiast my whole life and, you know, you know, the reason I went to college in the first place is so I could work for Ford, you know, a lot of it is to me stimulating other, super, you know, engine builders, people that are way better, you know, way more experienced than I am, you know, you like, you know, Tony Bischoff hasn't messed with these, cars, he hasn't, uh, you know, Holbrook hasn't, Soma hasn't yet, And, uh, you know, you get some, you know, so as more and more interest comes and we draw more of these people in, you know, you're going to see bigger and better results. You know, what my goal is just to kickstart the aftermarket because it took LS, you know, four or five years before there was really a pretty strong following. And here we are kind of three years into it. And you got companies, you know, like Brian Tooley Racing, you know, jumping in, you've got, uh, mast, you got LME, you got Texas speed, you know, even Cletus McFarlane, you know, is screwing with these things. So, you know, I, I think, you know, that itself just makes me smile.
0: So isn't this a truck motor? Isn't this like a truck engine? And you guys set out to make something for a pickup truck. And here we are talking thousand plus horsepower. You done hoodwinked the whole
2: crew at Ford. Well, yeah. Yeah, maybe yes and no. I think that the, the, maybe the, the biggest thing is, uh, you know, the, you know, and is, is the size, right? Because, you know, fitting this in cars, like, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, I wish the 6.2, like, got the same love, you know, the 7.3 did. But, you know, the 6.2 was kind of like the 4.27 single overhead cam, boss 4.29. They were so big to make them fit and other things was just a monumental task in and of itself. But I think that, you know, the, the big thing you guys, you know, have hit on is, you know, it's, it is a good, you know, large cubic engine motor uh, from the factory. Um, and it fits in a lot of places.
1: Well, you, you made a comment earlier that th- this one was a little bit easier to push through um, than maybe some of past engines. And, and clearly because, you know, Ford had been staring at the LS for what, like 18 years at that point. <laughs> You know so um, you know there was a clear winner there and uh, their approach right the compact the push rod the bang for a buck um so I'm 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 thinking that that helped a little bit in the you know if we were the first to market and you would have went to Jim Clark uh, mr overhead cam guy with a push rod uh yeah that might have been a different story but I think however many yeah. up years later uh, and you know as you're well familiar Ford has kind of always been on their heels from a displacement side. Cause we had our, you know, four, six, five, four V8s. And then we had our Triton, uh you know, V10, which we were always trying to kind of get out of to get, you know, cost savings, I'm sure for a V8 and some fuel. Um, so we were always just kind of behind on the displacement game, Uh just, you know, that between the Hemi and the LS. So I think, you know, a couple of these factors probably just were building for years and, and it forced us to really make that 5.0 Pretty incredible, the Coyote 5.0. Yeah. Pretty wicked and incredible because it had such a displacement disadvantage.
2: Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, just, you know, just think about it for a minute, right? The bore spacing on the Coyote, 3.94 inches, right? So in the bore, you know, on LS, right? 4030 to, you know, that'd the LS 7, 4 and an eighth. So I mean, you know, the, the, the piston was bigger than the bore spacing on, the, on that Coyote. <laughs> So, you know, it's just amazing, you know, how good that engine is. But again, as it should be, right, overhead cam, you know, so four valves per cylinder. So, you know, it should make more per liter than, you know, the push rod two valves. But again, you know, torque was always, you know, more, you know, was a story there. But, you know, like I always say, the Coyote, you know, how many engines on the planet make 100 horsepower per liter? And the only maintenance changed oil every 10,000 miles.
1: Well, and I think a V8 is not necessarily an easy configuration, right? To make that kind of horsepower per liter, you know, you can I make mean, some arguments on right different cylinder configurations, right? Cause you're right. You've got different firing orders and, you know, manifold and, and exhaust manifold designs and such. So, um, yeah, v 8s just a little bit more challenged than you think of like a, a race
2: bike. No, exactly.
1: So, so here's here's Ford though, like uh, you know that LS is kind of that magic size where it drops in everything, right? You can put it in a Cadillac and a Corvette, Camaro. You can put it in trucks, um, and our and our you know our Coyote, right? Because the LS has been just the swap king, you know it goes in everything, and it's got the aluminum block. So you know for a lot of guys that are road racing and other things, right, it's got that advantage as well. But um, you know here's Ford where we've been kind of wrestling from a swaps sort of scenario with Coyote width. You know the big dual overhead cam. Uh, you know what? What is your take so far? Your experience with with the Godzilla. I mean, is it dropping in all sorts of things uh, just as easily, or
0: hold on, think about that question because we got to take a break.
1: When we come back, we'll give you a chance to
0: answer that and all the other. Uh, shenanigans around this crazy Godzilla engine that everybody's talking about from our friends at Ford. This thing is a game changer. If you don't know about it, you're going to learn about it in the lane next to you. So uh, get all the info in just a second with Brian Wolf, Kevin Bird, and Willie B on the Two Guys Garage podcast. It is the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Before the break, we were asking Brian what's he seeing as far as swaps go you know it was sort of difficult to get that you know as nasty as it is that coyote 5 liter is is something to brag about but the swap capabilities are kind of limited because it's just a wide engine now this this nasty godzilla it's called godzilla because the numbers not because of the size right brian it's actually pretty adequate for things like you know Put in your old muscle car, putting in your hot rod, souping up your old Fox body.
2: Tell, tell us a little bit about what, what you're seeing. Yeah, you know, it's, it's really being seen in all of the above. Um, you know, the Fox body Mustangs is an easy fit. In fact, the little relocation of the steering shaft, you can even use the stock truck exhaust manifolds, you know, aiming rearward and uh, hooking an exhaust up. Um, we're also, but a lot of the older vehicles, Ford had that front sump. And that was a bit difficult uh, to do with, the, uh, uh, with keeping all that stock geometry, so a lot of the guys are doing resto mods and putting, uh, you know, uh, uh, rack and pinion steering in it, and you know, then allowing the rear sump. But there are companies like Indy Power Products uh, that makes a front sump conversion for it that's available. But we're seeing, I mean, a lot of Broncos, uh, a lot of the old F series. Uh, you know, people are jumping on, and then I think even more practically. There's these takeout engines uh, that Amazon bought a bunch of F uh, series chassis and they're taking the engine out with the 6R 140 transmission. And you got some guys that have older Ford pickups, you know, because you know, Fords go forever. They got, you know, hundreds of thousands of miles on it. And instead of you know refreshing what they have, you know, just drop that new powertrain in. So I mean anything from as simple as I just want to leave it alone and put it in my work truck to uh rest on Um,
1: do you have, uh, like dimensions? I I know on your Facebook page, you've got, uh, you know, kind of a side-by-side of an LS versus the Godzilla. Do you know width
2: wise, height wise, how much bigger it is? Yeah, I don't have, you know, I don't know versus the LS, but it's a little, I think about an inch wider than a Windsor, um, a little narrower than a Cleveland, and a lot narrower than an FE. Hmm. So you know most of those old muscle or muscle cars that would fit in FE, you know, it becomes you know it's smaller. It's a smaller bore spacing. It's a smaller deck number.
0: Well, for us Mopar, us, us Mopar and Chevy guys are scratching our head right now because we don't know what you said. <laughs> it could be a full size basement. FE. For all we know. Oh, well, I'm just like Windsor. What FE? What is this man's been drinking on the job? Yeah. So so uh,
2: <laughs> a three a three ninety or a uh, the old three nineties, old four twenty eights. Uh, 352s. Um, those were the FE series, which was real popular in the old Ford muscle cars. So, uh, well, it
1: sounds like just about everything cool that Ford made, this will drop in. Uh, you know, maybe there's a little package advantage for, you know, an LS for all these oddballs when you're sticking them in RX-7s and, you know, E30 M3s <laughs> and such like that. But um right. it sounds like there's no shortage and no no list of, you know, crying reasons why you couldn't shove that Godzilla and just about every old Ford, you name it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and, and you meant, you know, and you know, they are becoming more available in salvage yards as well. Uh, in fact, uh, one of the guys, Dave Henderlong, uh, that I know from Ford, he ended up, he just paid uh, 500 bucks for a, a vehicle that was a, uh, a cube van that they had, a, uh, I think, an underdash fire or something. And he paid 500 bucks for it from Copart. I think there was some fees on, it, so it was a bit more than that. So you basically got, you know, the engine, the trans, and the whole vehicle. Got rid of the rest of the vehicle and basically ended up with nothing, uh, you know, to, to get the Godzilla core, if you will, to work from. So they're becoming, you know, available. You know, they're not out there every day, but uh, you know, we make two hundred and fifty thousand now. You got the six eight coming, so you know, it's, I don't know what the volumes are going to be annually, but there'll be plenty available in yards for sure.
1: Well, that is the awesome thing, like, you know, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, once the OE is spitting these things out, like machine gun fire, and, you know, especially the fact that the, the major components are usable up in that 7, 8, 900, maybe even more, and then boosted, of course, uh, it just means, you know, what a great, you know, starting platform that hopefully will be there for years and years. Now, now you have uh, Willis Performance, right? And if you get on your website, Willis Engines. You you have a whole you know skew of of different things that you're developing and offering. Can you can you walk us through what, what you guys are doing at Willis Engine?
2: Yeah, you know the, the biggest thing you know that I enjoy the most is working with you know companies like Brian Thule Racing. The work I was doing with Calais, we a love lot of Brian, work with yeah. Dave Visitor on cylinder ports. You know to actually do the development work and find out what packages work well together. And, uh, so we have, you know, packages, uh, you know, we, we do, do engines, but you know, a lot of times we sell the parts as well. Um, and, you know, anywhere from, I call it the basic, you know, 600 horsepower type build, uh, fact, we just, uh, have one now that we've adjusted the cam on it a bit. It's a 630 foot pounds, 630 horsepower with just, you know, with the stock intake stock throttle body. No trickery with a bell mouth on the end of the throttle body. Uh, dyno headers on it. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's an 11 to one. No, it's a stock bottom end. So it's the stock pistons, rods. It's a cam, a little bit of head porting. And, you know, makes numbers like that. So, you know, there's a lot of interest for just, you know, the average. Guy it's not that easy to get that much power out of an LS. Um, as, as good yeah. as the LS architecture is because of the cubic inch. You know, advantage that the, that the Ford has from the factory, even though the LS. You know, I do want to make a couple of comments on the LS. Even though you know it is a great engine, don't want to take anything away. But if you flip it upside down, it sure looks like a 1991 modular, <laughs> right? Deep skirt block. Chevy never had a deep skirt block until the LS.
1: Yep. And the other thing I
2: love about the LS is those symmetric port spacing, like you know, Chevy never had from the factory, and you know, but Ford did. So uh,
1: There's a lot of robbing back and forth. It,
2: well, I, I call it benchmarking, right? You know, you're, you're, you're silly if you don't look at what the competition's doing and then take the best of the best of the best, and then, you know, put it together and make something good. And um, I think that's what we all do. Um, and, you know, every OE that's, I think, uh, you know, smart about the way that they're, uh, developing their new products.
0: Here's my question for you, Brian. If you had your druthers and could pick any old-school muscle car, like, say, a Super Cobra Jet, you know, uh, those those cool Torinos that are really cool, or a Galaxy or whatever. What old-school Ford muscle car would you like to see your Godzilla in?
2: You know, it, it's a tough question. I'm, I'm torn between two. Uh, I love the 69 Mustang. I think just, uh, it's, it's, it's timeless elegance on, on, on the styling. But I still own my first car that I bought when I was 15. Which is it was a 1969 Fairlane Cobra, so that was a 428 Cobra Jet Fairlane, and that will that will see a Godzilla. I probably won't be buying a 69 (laughs) 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 Mustang.
0: Amen to that, man. All right. Well, make sure you guys check out our show, Eric Weekends, on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Episodes also now streaming on Motor Trend Plus, which is a great way to find us. Thanks to our guests, uh, Mr. Brian Wolf of Willis Performance and WillisEngines.com. You find him online.
1: Kevin Bird, Willie B, our producer, scoop, and executive producer, Mr. Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget to check us out on our website, TwoGuysGarage.com. Check us out on social. We're everywhere: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at TwoGuysGarage. This podcast is copyrighted 2023, Brenton Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved.
0: All right, man. I'm anxious to see that in your uh, in your galaxy. And uh yeah. Terlane, terrane. Even better. Uh no. <laughs> t- between between the Galaxy I had a, a Galaxy Ranch uh Ranchero wagon, a sixty four, that was pretty cool. Uh, but well underpowered. Uh, question for you: If uh, if you had your your choice to go back and capture any of those old muscle cars uh, back in the day, he, would it be that that Fairlane?
2: You know, the Fairlane was no. I I, I you know the the the, the one I, I really really I mean that '69 Mustang '69 '70 Mustang body style was the one that I just I, I every time I look at him now, he says what a beautiful car. But you know, the Fairlane was something. You know, I bought it. I was in high school. I paid $375 for it. It had 42,000 miles on it when I bought it. And, uh, it was kind of a cool story behind that. I don't know if you got the time, but it was the kids. The kid was, uh, thrown in jail multiple times for racing on the street. (laughs) And we went to court. He came from a fairly wealthy family in, uh, in gross point, which is a nice part of, uh, uh, the Metro Detroit area. Hey,
1: we know the movie. We, we know the gross point blank. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) When he went to court, the judge said, you know, you're a nice boy from a nice family, but you obviously have a discipline problem. So you can go to jail. I don't remember what the jail time was. Or you can join the service to give you discipline. What do you want to do? And he joined the service. Dad was left to sell the car. The car was really good shape. Wow. And even so much when my, I was working um, and my dad and uh, sister went to pick it up, he said, well, we won't be home then. So we'll leave the car in the garage with the title signed, just leave the money on the tape, on the kitchen table and take the car. Wow.
1: That could have been a really wow. big day. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh,
2: kind of interesting. Yeah, still have it.
0: Well. Stun no love for the Maverick, the underrated Ford offering.
2: <laughs> oh no, I like no Mavericks are nice, but just for, it's not the top of my uh, top the top of my Ford lift. I, like uh, I
0: know, I'm just I'm just giving you hell. Uh, that's an awesome story, man. I'm glad you still got that car. Keep it alive, even better with the Godzilla engine. Underneath that hood, man. Awesome catching your time, Brian. Uh, as always, matter respect. Keep up the great work,
2: man. Uh, and we'll support you on this end for sure. Yep. No, I appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to talk. To me. Uh, makes big. Uh, it means a lot to me. So thanks very much.
1: Right on. Appreciate it, Brian. Hope you All guys right. got some good scoop on what's coming out and what's uh, what's on the way for Big Power out there. So we will catch you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Thousand horsepower. Yeah. In a. <laughs> Two Guys Garage podcast is produced by Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.